Maybe I'm, I think it's more difficult. I assume I don't know anything about these things. Because I don't know anything about these things. Yeah, Matriksha Mangalam Mangalam Bhakta Brindevyo Sarvalokaya Mangalam Stapakaya Chadarmasya Sarvadharma Surupine Avatara Varishtaya Ramakrishnaya Mangalam Om Guru Brahma Guru Vishnu Guru Devo Maheshwara Guru Revo Param Brahman Dasmai Sri Guru Venamaha Om Sarashiva Samarambam Shankaracharya Madhyamam Ashmarachara prayantam vande gurum param param vande gurum param param. So we're continuing our readings from the uh, Bhakti Yoga, uh, one of the four yogas of Swami Vivekananda. <coughs> it exists in a small book form. I was just wondering which of the complete work for those who are trying to find it. Of course, it's downloadable online. You can, the PDFs and online versions are for free. But if you have the complete works on Vivekananda, it's in verse, it's in volume three, pound. So, and I, I'll be reading uh, if there's slight discrepancies from the version that's edited by Swami Nikilananda called Vivekananda: The Yogas and Other Works. And just like the title of this chapter in the, in the original is the method and the means, but Swamiji retrans re- 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 retitled it How to Cultivate Bhakti. So you see, there's little differences in the third. I never even noticed. I know there are some differences, but I never noticed a difference. Even the titles are sometimes different. The first, in regard and with regard to. So it's little little changes. But so if there's differences that people are following or reading, you know what the differences might be. Oh, I printed something in the printer. I made some notes. Thank you. And for, in the hymnal, you can please turn in your Bibles to <laughs> the Gospel according to Vivekananda, uh, Epistle to the Europeani- Europeanians <laughs> in London in 19, uh, page 55. So the last chapter was on the Ishtadevata, the chosen ideal, right? The importance in order to develop real devotion, intense devotion to Ishwara, one must have almost a single-minded devotion, a single-minded attention and focus. But how to have that not degenerate into fanaticism? So that was the basic topic. Actually, he even starts like a real bhakta has that intensity and is not and sees the one that he's intensely attached and focused on in all forms and all paths and all like this. So we talked a little about that. So Ishtanishta, devotion, one-pointed devotion and faith in one's ideal, one's conception, one's favorite way of approaching God, that's very important. So that's uh, a focus. Now, Samaji continues. With regard to the method and the means of Bhakti Yoga, we read in the commentary on Bhagavan Ramanuja on the Vedanta Sutra. He's quoting from Ramanuja. The attaining of Bhakti 
the attaining of bhakti comes through discrimination, controlling the passions, practice, sacrificial works, purity, strength, and suppression of excessive joy. This is an interesting... Uh, so this is, now, excessive joy is not like ecstatic devotion, right? Some of you will go into these as he flushes these things out, right? So this is the list of things we should... This is in, in the development of bhakti, also... Uh, along with, uh, or in order to develop bhakti, to de- develop uh, bhakti, we the the qualities we should practice: uh, discrimination. Usually, means discrimination between the classic between the real and the unreal. R- uh, Ramanuja is not going to mean it quite the same way as Shankara would mean it, but it means between the essential and non-essential, right? The useful and the useless, the important and the trivial, right? The uh, 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 things that lead us to the goal and things that are just as real, but take us away from the goal. So th- that type of clear discrimination. And if you discriminate between something that's useful and unuseful, or real and unreal, or good or bad, or whatever, however you want to think of it, good for you or bad for you, discrimination is not enough. And one has to then act and choose. So discrimination is also not just the intelligent decision and analysis and decision, but then also the acting upon that. So discrimination, controlling the passions, practice, practice means sadhana, uh, or uh, sacrificial works, purity, strength, suppression of sense of joy. So some of you will, will un- unpack some of these. Viveka, or discrimination, is according to Ramanuja, discriminating among other things, pure food from impure. So not, so that he's, this is not the, so this is not just like between the real and the unreal. We think of viveka like viveka chintamani you know, about how to tr- how to discriminate between the real and the unreal. This is amongst other things discriminating what's good for you or not good for you. If the per, if one of, one of the this whole chapter is going to be really on purification and purity, if you need to purify, then you need to discriminate between what's pure and what's impure, right? Or what's purifying and polluting, or purifying and less purifying, or not purifying. It depends on what, where where the thing is. So <clears throat> this is what this is what Ramanuja, He's going to mostly talk about Ramanuja in this section, and he's going to uh, quote a famous verse that Ramanuja likes to quote. Uh, and as you mentioned the Bhagavad Gita commentary, he quotes that verse from the Upanishad. And Shankaracharya has a different approach to it. So, Swamiji we'll present both these views. So, he starts with Ramanuja, he starts with between, uh, in, in, in the process of discrimination between what's useful and not useful, purifying what's useful, what's, what's, what helps us purify our consciousness, and thus the devotion is food. Also, one thing about purification, it's an important point, is. Devotion, we've mentioned before, devotion is not something that you have to get, right? Get devotion, you know. We can develop, the, we sometimes use that language only because of the nature of language, it's just the way we think about it. Or we develop devotion, right? It's not like, devotion is already there. Devotion is a soul's natural longing for its source. It's a, it's a, it's a longing of the, of the part for the whole, right? It's, it's natural, it's, it's inherent, right? Uh-uh. But it's covered, right? So we don't feel it, right? So the way Sri Ramakrishna gives his beautiful example of that of a, of a magnet and a needle. Right? A needle is naturally attracted to the magnet. It doesn't have to do anything to become attracted. You know, he doesn't develop attraction to the magnet, right? You know, uh, so that we use that language. Oh, we develop devotion, the develop attraction. No, attraction's already there. It's intrinsic. It's an intrinsic nature of a of a of metal to be attracted to a magnet, right? If the, if it shows no sign of attraction to the magnet, why? What could be the reasons, right? Uh, one reason that it's not close enough. That's one close, right? So we we don't think about God. The, the awakening of this natural attraction, we won't feel. We won't feel the attraction. 
The other thing is that it could be covered in mud and mud and rust and gook, right? Uh, in which case, you put a rag right next to it. Nothing, nothing seems to happen to the, nothing seems to happen to the to the to the, the needle, right? So one of the things you can do is either wash. You can wash the gross the, the dirt off the needle, right? And then, well, wow, magic, right? The needle starts being attracted, showing signs of attraction to the to the magnet, or to use the other, uh, bring the needle close to the you know, see this needle's just here. There's just no attraction at all. Bring close. You know, you take a magnet. Bring it. You know, we've done this as kids. You go a certain point, certain point, and a certain level of, of connection. Immediately, the needle runs towards the, the magnet. So this is a. Well, so purification isn't is isn't bec is, and it's not because actually the soul is pure. We'll go into that all the time, pure. Right? Uh, but we have things covering. We're not conscious of it. We have our habits. We have our body. We have our. Uh, 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 the manas and, sh and the prana and everything is everything is and, and karmas and 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 and, and the year uh, lifetimes of selfish action and painful reactions that lead to more more rea more actions you know the, everything gets come so we can become we can become covered and don't feel it so the process of purification when you make a conscious process of purification is to uncover remove the impur uh, our impurities uh, and then that which is natural inherent will then burst forth. So it's we're not. Uh, that's what you do. It's meant by by, by purification. Actually, impurity means something else is there, right? You know, like if like if water is impure, it's water plus something that's not water, right? So the water actually is always pure. It's something else. You remove it. You know, is that the thing? We're removing things that shouldn't be there. The thing itself is pure. This is a problem sometimes in kind of Western schools of religion. We uh, we we think is like that the soul is not. It was, uh, it's intrinsically. It itself is impure. Sometimes we think we're sinners or something like this, right? Intrinsically, even when we're born, we're born sinners. Not even because we sinned. We're born sinners. So it's not something that we have things attached to it. It's 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 the nature of the thing itself is bad, corrupt. Right. This is not the view that we're that's being presented. The soul's pure, right? You know, other things are covering it. We remove those other things, and then the purity can be experienced. That's the idea of purification. So Ramanuja discriminating amongst other things from pure food, from impure. According to him, food becomes pure for three reasons: from the nature of the food itself, and he gives an example, and we hear a lot of in the yoga and the Hindu world, such as garlic and so forth. From its coming in from wicked or accursed persons, right, and from physical impurities such as dirt, hair, and the like, right. So he's going to these three, um, uh, uh, ways things we made impure. So some things that so the, the first is the, uh, from the nature of the food itself. Some food is considered itself impure. Right, it's, you know, it's not. It's not because it's so it's like certain things because the effect it has, on the, and we understand what purity here means. It's actually what's being developed is sattva, right? It's, it's all based upon sankhya ultimately, but sattva, and so certain food is not sattvic, and there, and, and 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 feeds or develops uh, uh, rajasic or tamasic qualities. So that itself, so some food, the thing itself may be tamasic or, or or rajasic. So that's one type of food that could be that's a type of impurity. If by purity means sattvaguna, it, it, it covers sattvaguna or, or or makes it rajasic or tamasic. The other is that uh, what's the other one? From coming from a impure or cursed person, right? And you can see sometimes, and yogis sometimes think it's not so much what you eat, it's who cooks it. And so some people, you know, you see, you know, it's like you know, you, you can go to a nice pure vegetarian restaurant, you know, and 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 you know, the food's good, the food's pure like that, 
but you like the person hands it to you and like I, I can't eat that. And sometimes you're not being, being judgmental, but you see the the it's like you don't want the vibration. It's weird to talk that way. I mean, we don't be too judge too judgmental jerks and things like that, you know. But there is when you become a little bit sensitive, when you're trying to become clean, you realize the other not only by their habits but by their personality, you know. And I remember Shankaracharya, the one one sadhu we know, tantric sadhu we know. He said, it's not even, like, you know, we're, we're, we're trying as yogis, or we're trying to control our anger and overcome anger. That's a good thing. We, we should do like that. And all of a sudden, but you sit down somewhere, and you, and you become angry. Because it's the person who sat there before you. So the belief is, you know, I can't, I can't prove this, right? So it's like, it's bad enough you have to come with your, your anger. Now you're dealing with somebody else's anger, right? It's not a benefit of your, your overcoming your desire, but somebody else's desire, somebody else's agitation. Right, so this is the thing that sometimes purity also means trying to be, you know, that, it become a less, that's why sadhus bring their own asanas, right, you know, these type of things is, is because they don't want to sit, they, I, I know many sannyasis that take their own, uh, I mean, I have my own cup, you know, it's like, but they have their own plates, and, and we've had many sadhus here that have come, you know, to real traditional sadhus, so Swamiji, can we give you a cup of coffee and some cookie? Yes, yes, no problem. And we go get them, and we bring it, and, and immediately their disciples run to the car and bring back a bag full of wooden bowls and plates and spoons and everything we've we've given. They put into this and like that. It's like, I mean, <laughs> our plates. Are, we think our plates are pure, but <laughs> but whatever reason, he he has a different standard and a different sensitivity, or a different belief, or a different practice, or or it's extremely judgmental. And he's, we should be, and we and we feel we should be really dissed, you know, feel really bad about it, you know. But you know, there's a principle. There's a principle behind that. Sometimes it's just by by who touches. And um, and you can see sometimes you know a lot of food love you know you know uh, food cooked by mom, right? Even if it's you know who knows what's in it, and you know we won't go into that topic, right? You know, but the cooked by mom that that's that's more pure. Sometimes that's full of love, right? That's pure, you know. And 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 food that may be clean and not have garlic and not do this and never you know no MSG and no this and that and MGOs and whatever. I'm not MGOs, but uh, GMO. <laughs> no MGOs also. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, but who cook, who touches it is important, and then you bring it to another thing. When you have a ritual, a culture of ritual purity, it then literally becomes who touches it, you know, because uh, by by caste considerations and all kinds of things that that may not apply here, but that, that can bring it into, into into consideration. And then from physical impurity, some things are like it's good food, but there's something impure in it that makes it unclean. Right, you know, it's like you can see, you know, it's like a beautiful meal. You go, you go to mother's, get a nice, clean, nice, you know, you get a, a, a steamed yam or something like that. You know, it was vegan butter on it. You come it, you take a bite it, and you and you pull a hair out of it. <laughs> right, it makes you makes you want to throw up, and you want to throw. It. You say you send it back. It's unclean. Right, you won't go there. Not only do you take it back, you just leave. I would just leave. I wouldn't be embarrassed. Even I don't want to embarrass anybody. I'd be embarrassed, and I don't want to embarrass like like this. Right, but it's that's that's in the sign of something that's impure that's entered the food. Right, so these are the three, according to Ramanuja, the three ways that food can become impure. Right, either the thing itself is impure, the thing is touched or has in contact with somebody that's impure, or something that's impure, or there's something impure that's been added into it, that's in it. Right, so that's a very simple, you know, we either think of only the last one, as something that something's impure when, some, when something's in it. Right, and if, you, if I give you a glass of water and you see like things floating in it, oh, this is not clean. Right, but if I give you a glass of water that's clean and you said, no, but you touched it, Swamiji. That's a, that's a different. That may also make it unclean, you know. You know so, uh, uh, or like this. So, <clears throat> so this is his categories. It's a good way of thinking. What what is? Because when he says discrimination between the pure and impure, or purifying and impurifying, this is what's meant. I mean, be careful thinking about it, right? And you don't have to think about this continuously. You have, it become it becomes natural. You begin to know the categories, 
this isn't like this category, or you you know the, how this affects me, or this is what the script, what, what the guru says, don't do this, to do it like that. And so immediately you, it's, it's a way of judging where you can automatically take mostly clean food as best you can. Right. So, but why, right? So in 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 Vedanta, and uh, everything has to have a have a, a, a Vedic source. A Vedic uh, 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 reason, right? Not, not even a reason. The Vedas aren't always reasons. They're simply revelations and statements, right? So there is a, such a statement. Swamiji quotes. He says, so Shruti says, the Vedas say, this is from the Upanishad, when the food is pure, the sattva element gets purified and the memory becomes unwavering, right? And Ramanuja quotes this from the Chandogya Upanishad. This is from the Gita, his commentary on the Gita. And so this is, I'll, I'll get the actual verse. And Swamiji actually is very nice because if you look up this work, many, many translations of this verse in the Upanishad, it's a famous verse, are mistranslated, not mistranslated, but to translate it not carefully. Swamiji translates it very carefully, which is correct. Right, uh, and I'll read it. Ahara shuddha, shud, ahara shuddho, sattva shuddhi, sattva shuddho dhruva smritihi, smriti labye sarva grantinam vipra moksha. So we can go through. Ahara shuddha, from when food is pure, or from you could say if you make a this is set up as a, a, a casual by this then this by this then this by this then this right so ahara shuddha when food is pure right sattva shuddhi then then the Swamiji says that this, then the sattva element gets purified right sattva sattva shuddhi but sattva means pure. And so, also we have to think in the body. We have we have the rajasic, tamasic, and everything is a mixture of the three gunas. Everybody here knows the three gunas, right? Uh, um, everything everything has a mixture, and like nothing's pure. Nothing has one uh, guna alone, right? Like you could say, oh, like um, fruit is what's fruit? That's sattvic, right? You can't get more sattvic than fruit. But fruit has the three gunas, right? What well, part of it? Some like the 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 flesh would be sattvic. Right, the the skin would be uh, tamasic, right, and the seeds would be rajasic, right. But the fruit itself is sattvic. But within that, you can see that you can specify what's sattvic, what's sattvic, you know, like this, right. So you take the other extreme. You take meat, right. Meat is considered rajas, uh, tamasic, right. But within meat, the flesh would be sattvic for meat, right. The bone would be uh, tamasic for meat, right. You know, the blood would be rajasic for meat. Right, There's, everything's in these categories, you know. Bathing is sattvic, right? But there's bath. It, it's actually mentioned, you know, that you like bathing in a in 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 a in a in a, in a pond is tamasic, means a bathtub, right? For bathing, in the sattvic thing, you know, it's like bathing, taking a shower or something like that is rajasic, right? Bathing in a stream, and moving water is sattvic, right? So you know, so sleeping is what, tamasic, right? Scriptures, I mean. The, the <laughs> When you analyze stuff, you analyze stuff, <laughs> and the Sankhya people like to. It, it's a tradition of an analyzing, so they analyze, right? So sleeping, you sleep. So sleeping's tamasic, but but sleeping on your back is sattvic. Sleeping on your side is rajasic. Sleeping on your stomach is tamasic. So you can go into anything like that. So similarly, the human body may be. I mean, the body has all three things also, or the human system has all three, right? And so if that same kind of view of the, of, of, of the fruit or, 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 or the meat, right? Our, our, our skin and our bones, and like there's this tamasic and rajasic, and our mind is considered the sattvic part. It's the subtle part. Here, sattva also not mean pure, means subtle, right? Uh, of the, of the, if you were to list, tamas is pure, good, illuminated, 
uh, uh, gentle, uh, subtle. These are ways you describe sattva. Tamas is thick, inert, uh, uh, lethargic, uh, ignorant, dark, uh, uh, um, gross. Right. So you could you can see that type of language, right? So so here sattva. Uh, many people say from purity of food comes purity of mind. Sattva shuddhi. The mind becomes sattva means mind in this sense, right? And therefore, the mind becomes purified. But that's not that's not that's probably what it means. And in the structure of it, that you can see from this from purity of food comes purity of mind. With a pure mind, then you have good memory. So it's it's set up that way, right? But what it actually says is sattva shuddhi. So it means sattva itself, sattva, the sattvic quality becomes purified. So we go. You could say we maybe becomes the pure sattva. Right, the sattva quality becomes purified. Ahara shudho sattva shuddhi. From pure food comes a pure mind. Sattva shudho. From that pure, when pure, when the sattva is pure, or when the mind is pure, if we're the subtle part of our being is pure, then dhruva smitihi. Then the mind, the memory, becomes fixed. Right. Uh, uh, so dhruva uh, uh, means fixed or established, or it could also mean focused, or concentrated. Fixed for if if the if memory uh, if you're trying to remember something you know a fixed memory that's something you, you it's always there it doesn't deviate from that it's always in your mind or you're concentrated on it so your memory you can you can remember it with concentration it has both of those meanings so from pure food comes pure mind from pure mind then we can we can remember or we can hold something in our mind in our concentration in our memory right and so this is a spiritual text right. This is actually from the Chandogya Upanishad. This is uh, 7.26, verse 2. If you want to look it up, it's an important verse. How should, uh, uh, so what are we supposed to remember? It, obviously, it's a, it's, a, it's a text on, on Brahman, Brahmagyana. So it means remembering Brahman. Right? We, have to, we have to all the time remember Brahman, Brahma Chintanya, right? Something like that, you know, Chintya. Always remember, always contemplate. We, we, in devotional thing, we always remember God, always remember the Ishta, always remember... The, the you know remember death remember life all the things you're supposed to constantly you know the things we're supposed to remember our problem is that, that that's our problem we look at our life and at the end of the day like like where's my mala you know <laughs> I'm like 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 it's like oh yeah you know <laughs> you know it's easy it's it's the practices we're given are not that hard remember I mean they're not easy but they're not that hard think of God say the mantra right think you know you think of god when you start your day think of god before going to bed you know there's months for you but you know we notice like you think oh a whole day or an hour has passed maybe a minute has passed that's unbearable or a week has passed and that's unbearable or sometimes you'll find years pass and like oh my god what was i doing <laughs> right it's easy, it's easy to forget right so this is this is the the um uh the uh the the dhruva uh, smriti the the mind the memory to become fixed requires why is it we forget because our mind's impure right uh, so this is with a pure mind by pure food we get a pure mind with pure mind we get fixed memory we can we can, we can concentrate we can hold God and the, one of the things that I don't have the verse in front of me but it's a beautiful verse to punish it is exactly the self we also, oh we, we we use language often because we're trying to be really uh, philosophically careful. Right, it was like, oh, this by self, by Brahman, by by like that. This is it's not an object. It's you know, it's not a thing. It's anything we say about it. It's not that. It's not you know. We use that language to show to be careful that it's not uh, to to make it mundane and and and, and limited, right? But the Upanishads actually say actually the self can be known. It's not hard to know. I can't say that it can be known. It is hard to know, <laughs> right? It can be known because the self is the most subtle. Right, and so the mind. Our problem is our mind is not subtle. 
with a subtle disciplined mind, it can be known. We can focus on it, right? In the, la- in the, in the realm of definition, anything you say about it is not going to be the right thing. But it can be known. That's, uh, you know, I've spent many, many, many hours on the seat telling you that the self can't be known. But it can be known, <laughs> right? It, it can, the thing that you require, it, it's, it's subtler than we think, literally. Right? We think we don't think subtly, right? Thinking our normal thinking process. So it has to be held to be to be contemplated on is not easy. So it requires a pure mind. How do we get a pure mind? Pure food, right? This is adhara shuddho sattva shuddhi sattva shuddho dhruva smritihi smriti labye sarva grantinam. What happens when the memory is fixed? Then this is a beautiful sarva grantinam vipra moksha moksha. So vipra here means most likely means sage. So the, the yogi or the sage or the practitioner or the knower. Uh, 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 what happens to him? Sarva granti. Sarva means all. Granti means knots. Right? All bondages. It means knots, but it means you see a knot is a bondage. You're tied down, right? And not sarva granti moksha become become liberated. All 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 the bondages are you become liberated from all bondage. It's called mukti liberation. Right, so this is a big, this is a very big thing from food, pure food to liberation is a straight line. Right, <laughs> pure food, pure mind, or pure, pure, pure mind or, or satya quality, pure mind, pure, uh, st- uh, fixed memory, fixed memory, all bondages are free. You're free from all bondages. Right, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Right, so we can make a, so all we need to do is find the right dietary uh, uh, thing and then we're good. Not the way it works, you know. And that's the thing you can see in many in religion. This is the easier thing, right? Because this is a true thing. It's not incorrect. I was one time on. A, I've told this story before, but it's a very. I put my mind there also many, many, many years ago. I was in, staying in Rishikesh with Swami Bodhicitta and the Maharaj, and we were in uh, uh, near the town. And he said, "Oh, there's one yogi. He's very eccentric, and he, he we can go visit him. He'll probably take you boating." It's like, okay, you know. <laughs> I remember Vijaya Ram or something. I forget his name. He's a little bit famous, but I forget his name. So we went. We kind of we kind of um, we knocked on his door. It was probably like three o'clock in the afternoon when most sadhus are still sleeping from their afternoon. And he goes, "Oh, you're a real sadhu." <laughs> I means sadhus show up whenever they want. It was kind of like, "Thanks for waking me up," but okay, you know. So, anyways, so he said, anyways, let's go boating. <laughs> And he comes and he's very interesting. He's an, an unstitched, only one piece of cloth, right? And the most interesting wooden shoe I've ever seen. He was very short, right? But his, his wooden sandals, the bases were this tall. So he was walking on like on, on the platform shoes, with like, these, uh, uh, like stilts, right? And he told me because he lived in Gangotri in the snow. And so this would be, it was almost like almost snowshoes or something like that. Uh, it could be. He's not in the snow anymore. I think it's because he's... <laughs> it's also become a distinctive feature. He's like that sadhu with shoes this big, you know. You stamp up on his shoe, click, 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 click. Very interesting, you know. Uh, and he has huge jatta, dreadlocks, right? And, uh, um, and he, uh, he told me, actually, he, lived, he showed me pictures. He, he lived just in a loincloth and gone goat in the snow for years, 12, 13 years, right? You know, very tremendous story. And one time he was down and he met Anandamoy Ma. In, in, he, went, he came to go see Anandamoy Ma in, in, in Haridwar. Right, and his and his parents had also come, right, and seeing him you know, as a naked sadhu, covered in ash like this, and his parents were crying. Of course, naturally, right, you know, this would be the thing, you know, and crying to another my mom, maybe she can. And then she says, you know, "Maharaj, your your austerities are finished, right, and you're making your parents cry, 
right? This is a great sin, you know. So, like, and so she herself gave a cloth, right? He says, and 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 kind of wrapped one cloth. And so he's since that time he he wears clothes, one kind of cloth, kind of worn, kind of interesting, like a sari almost, you know. Very interesting. But anyways, he's it's part of the setup of because of his eccentric nature. So he has this huge inflatable boat, and he carries it out, click click with his giant shoes and. Sami Bodhicitananda went to go to other work and we went out. So it was kind of a weird, I don't know this Audrey, he's with two paddles <laughs> floating in the middle of the Ganga. <laughs> it's very nice, you know. And though he's asking about the temple like that. And then he asked about my diet and a few things like this. And I gave I guess I gave the right answer. And he says, But but the point is, this is the, the, the sometimes the setup is just for the one thing. Right? He says, You know, the mind is made of only two things. This is the 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 the, the puncher. The, the the mind is made of the food you eat and the company you keep. These were his his two his two points. So, so, and that was that was I think that was the purpose of this whole long dramatic, <laughs> uh, peculiar day with him, afternoon with him. But it stuck in my mind because because of the story. I remember I stuck in my mind, right? But we'll have to understand how is that so, and if it, and is it that simple, right? You know, it's like it's like you know it's like. Uh, 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 like purity, purity of food may not be what we think it is. You know, that's that's the problem. So we have to think what it. We have to see what Swamiji means by it. What does he mean by it? The question of food has always been one of the most vital questions with the bhaktas. Apart from ext- the, the extravagances into which some of the bhakti sects have run, there is a great truth underlying this question of food. The thing is, some of the bhakti traditions they become fanatical on food, right? Because now your devotion is, and and is is based upon your food. Swamiji defines that as kitchen religion, right? It's like it's, and, and of course religions in the kitchen because it's also part of from from food come, from purity of food comes purity of mind, purity of mind comes liberation. So it seems to be important, right? <laughs> right? But you can see because it's a true thing, right? Uh, the, pur- the what we want to do is purify the mind and it, and if only it says it's how easy you purify the food, you purify the mind. But you know, I Swamiji, I think even in this section he may even says there's some horrible people who are have very pure external diets, right? You know, so that, that so it cannot and if that's if it's true that people have really pure diets and are still horrible people, right? That means the Vedas are wrong, right? <laughs> and you can all <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm very proud to tell you. You can all go home, have fun tonight. You can go to church tomorrow morning. <laughs> there's still time <laughs> to, to make arrangements for it. To, uh, there, you know, there's there's, there's religions that ha- there, uh, other religions you can go to. So they're not. It's not wrong. It's it's not what we think. It's not as simple as we think. All right. So we'll continue. Some you said. Uh, we must remember that according to the Sankhya philosophy, Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas, which in the state of equilibrium form the undifferentiated prakriti. And in the disturbed condition, form the visible universe, are both the substance and the qualities of Pakriti. So the gunas are the qualities of nature and their nature itself. Right? So the thing is, by, by pure, that, that's how it works. If the, mind, the sattvic mind is not a quality of the mind, it becomes the mind. It is the mind. It's the mind in that state. Right? The, uh, the materials which we receive through food into our body structure, in our body structure, go a great way to determine our mental conditioning. Therefore, the food we eat has, a, has to be particularly taken care of. In this matter, as in others, however, the fanaticism into which the disciples invariably fall is not to be laid at the door of the masters. 
So the the uh, like all of a sudden it's like uh, 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 you know you know you. Uh, Anyways, so many examples. You know, whatever the you can fill in the blank. You know, onion, garlic, or dairy, or this, or, or meat, or uh, 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 mushrooms, or king, or whatever the thing is. Alcohol. You know, you you put something, whatever the tradition is. There's reasons for those restrictions, but pretty soon it becomes, a, uh, it, it gets uh, um, become that becomes a, the standard of who's a devotee, right? Because pure food leads is supposed to lead to devotion. Therefore, a, a devotee must have pure food, and if the food isn't pure. He's not a real devotee. So-called devotees, you becomes like you become. You can become like this because because the scripture says, right? This is the so, This is a scriptural source of a lot of very important disciplines and traditions, and a lot of uh, fanatical foolishness, right? The one, the same verse, right? Um, what about the begging bowl? So, you know, so, so that ah, that's a very that could be, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a, it's a sub point that I want to bring up, and I would have I probably would have forgotten because some of you mentioned sh- that's based on Shankaracharya's interpretation of this verse, not Ramanujacharya's interpretation of this verse. We'll get there right. <clears throat> in a second, but I'm glad because I would have. That's a very important point. And this discrimination of food is, after all, of secondary importance. The very same passage quoted above is explained by Shankara in his Basya, his commentary, on the Upanishad in a different way, by giving an entirely different meaning to the word ahara, generally translated as food. According to him, that which is gathered is ahara. Right? So anything taken, anything gathered is ahara. This word ahara doesn't necessarily mean food. If we're looking for, for looking for like, what's a verse in the, in the Upanishad and the Vedas that justifies my food fetishism? Right? Ah, ahara! Food, right? That's fine. It may mean that, and it's. But if it means that which is taken in, that which is, uh, 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 yeah, what, what you take in, right? So, Swamiji goes. He's going to explain Shankaracharya's position, and we've just read Ramanuja's position. It's from food, from sattvic food. Pure food becomes a sattvic mind. Sattvic mind, sattvic mem- good memory, good memory. All, all, all vantages are removed. One attains liberation. The sage becomes liberation. Shankachari will, will, will read in the next sentence, right? I'm going to insert another in-between thing that takes both into account, right? Is, uh, uh, which is kind of the, uh, a very yogic interpretation also. It's not just everything. So what is everything taken in? It's, it's not just what we eat. It's what we see, what we hear, right? What we touch. Through all the senses, we're taking in so much, right? Out of, you know, it's like, even if you're uh, you overeat and snack like I do, right? You, 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 the the amount of all the things that we take in, food, physical food is actually the least prominent. We see much more than we eat. We hear much more than we eat. We feel touch much more than we eat. We smell much more than we eat, right? Um, so that has has been considered. So. I, I, one example I use let's say like I've been a vegetarian for I don't know. 2019, I don't know, 16, I don't know how old I am now. Long, <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't know, a, a long time, which is good. I'm happy to say I've been a vegetarian for a very long time, right? And so today, you know, I, I, I took, I went to get some food from my aunt and like that, and I had to, what if they got the order wrong, right? And they weren't careful, I went to the wrong restaurant, and all of a sudden something, there was something non-vegetarian in, the, in that food. Most likely I wouldn't be here, I'd be, I'd be in the bathroom, I'd be sick. I'm not accustomed to it, it would, my body would reject it, right? Uh-uh. 
but tomorrow I'd be fine, right? The, 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 the effect would, would last a little bit. The body would get rid of, the body gets rid of what you think, what you think is impure, naturally. That's a, that's a natural system, right? But things that I've heard, if, but, if, but, if, but if, 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 uh, if you told me, actually, Atmaram, I'll tell you a secret about Atmaram, how horrible he actually is, mm-hmm. right? Like for 30 years, I'll, I'll remember what you said about him. Now I know. <laughs> right? Or, or somebody says something bad about me, I'll hold it against him for my whole life. You know, like you can, I mean, that, that, that taken in, that, the effect is much greater. It's more subtle. Food's not that subtle. Right? Food is the grosser thing we take in. Right? You know, you take it in, a, a, a few nutrients and things get taken and the rest gets, gets expelled out. Has almost, I mean, if you think about it, that's what it's supposed, supposed to do, right? But there's subtler and subtler ideas, right? Images on TV, images on the computer, right? You know, those images can, can stay in your mind and they, and they color the mind for a long period, maybe for life, right? So, that, so from purity of food doesn't just mean purity, just eating, reading labels. Purity of food means being conscious of what type of things you want affecting the mind, right? And who you want affecting the mind also. Like I said, it, what was that Swamiji you said uh, from the food you eat and the company you keep, right? So company is a type of, of, type of uh, food also, right? And so the verse that I, or a, not a verse, but a, a, a saying of Paramahansa Gudanda that I like, I think about a lot, is that pure, uh, company is stronger than willpower. Right, he would say. And so, so you could say, you, we, also, we also also hear like, a, uh, show me who you, what is it, who you hang with, or who you are. There's statements like that to sh- that have entered popular culture to show the power of company, right? And therefore, my auxiliary commentary on that, on that uh, saying is that, therefore, the proper use of willpower is to choose your company carefully, right? So that's, that's so, you, so therefore, so if we know not only people, if you know that if you want to develop a, a certain quality, you, 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 you're careful about who you, who you associate with, that will develop that, com- that quality. Right. That's also so that same principle. If you if you if you want a certain developed purity of mind a certain way, then you have to be very. Then you use your willpower, right, to control a little bit because you can't control when things are taken in the mind. It's going to it's condition the mind. So you have a a little bit of a uh, you can you have a little choice of what conditions the mind. Once it, not if it conditions the mind. If everything you take will condition the mind. You have some discrimination and power to make decisions within reason. Right, you know, uh, but you can't control everything, right? You can be really strict on your diet, but you can you cannot watch TV and you cannot listen to the radio and not you know it's like but you you can be you can be careful who you hang out with, who you associate with, you know, what books you read like that, but you can't control everything, right? And then but then that's another thing. It's like oh my god, I talk you know it's like I. What did it say? Can you push? Is there something you can push that says skip? I'll call after. Thank you. Um, not in, not in. <coughs> What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. You can't control everything. Yeah, you can't control everything. So, and then, and then all of a sudden you get scared. Yes, proof, right? And then you get scared. <laughs> Right. That, that, that. So this is not, that's actually not what, I, I, I think this is, when I first read this many, many years ago, I've thought about this chapter many, many times, right? I've, I've read it many and thought of, this has been one of my, I can't say favorite, but one that has got me thinking much over the years. 
right? Uh, but the way I read it, the way I remembered it, is not Swamiji's point or Shankaracharya's point, right? It's my point, which is about the, it's another important point about everything is food, and therefore we have to be careful on how everything affects us. Swamiji will, uh, Shankaracharya gives a more refined definition, philosophically refined definition of this. According to him, that which is gathered in is ahara. The knowledge of the various sensations, such as sound and the rest, is gathered in for the enjoyment of the embodied self. The, pur the purification of this knowledge received through the senses is called the purification of food, ahara. Right? So it's not even taking in pure things, is having pure knowledge on how the, the, the mystery of taking in is um, understood. The purification of food means the acquiring of knowledge, the knowledge of sensations untouched by the defects of attachment, aversion, and delusion. That means that because actually, uh, not just the food, we, everything we, we take, if we're attached to it, if we're deluded by it, that becomes impure. Right? And the same thing, if we're not attached, if we're not deluded, it's pure. Right? It's a very, it's, it's another, it's a very refined definition. Right? It's, it doesn't go against the first one. It's just another way of subtle interpreting, you know. And so there you get the, uh, uh, the quality of the begging bowl of, 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 of the monk. Right? In a Buddhist tradition, there's uh, uh, anything put into the bowl, you have to eat. That's a tradition, right? It's not exactly, it's most people, I, that's not what it's, it's what it says, but I don't know if that's exactly what it says. That's how it's been interpreted by people who, who take advantage of it, hoping that they get, you know, like, hoping somebody puts meat in there so they can eat meat, could not break any vows, and things like this, right? Uh, but actually what it means is that, that really I think what the verse means, but I'm, I'm not a, I haven't studied the Buddhist uh, Vinaya codes that carefully, just verses that that interest me, you know. So, so I, I'm not an authority on Buddhism, uh, um, but uh, what I was told by one monk who is an authority on Buddhism, who had a different view of this verse, he says that whatever is put in the food in the bowl, if impure food, it's not that you can hopefully get impure food and becomes pure, right? Is that if impure food is put into the bowl, it's not does not make you impure. It's a difference, right? If by accident, right, you know, somebody puts food that may not be to your personal yogic or disciplinary standards and dietary restriction standards, right, there's no harm, right? Because also because it's, it's, it's part of the bowl is that of non-attachment, whatever comes, you're taking is God's grace or karma or your karma, you know, it's, it's, it's taken in the proper way, right? So it's not, you don't get scared, like what's in the, what's in the bowl? Well, maybe that's my aunt also, maybe it's an emergency. I mean, one second, sorry, just, just in case we have some health issues. <laughs> if she calls both, then I hear sometimes it's important, so she gets... <laughs> no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Govinda. So that's a very that's a very different definition, you know, is that uh, uh, what's pure is that it's, if it's attachment, it makes something impure, right? But the first definition is also not wrong because the raw ingredients can also be not to, not easy, you know. But we never get subtler and subtler and subtler because you can be really attached to really subtle to really pure food, right? And that's not that's at, at, and, and the beginning that might be good, maybe it's good, but you can see that can also be a 
that's a, 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 a attachment is a, it's it's not the food that keeps us into in delusion it's attachment at least that keeps us in the, in the world of birth and death and the maya and mahamaya right so so this is getting it gets much more subtle interpretation of this Therefore, such knowledge of a hada being purified, the sattva material of the possessor, the internal organ, this is the, the antarkarana, which is the mind, intellect, and ego, will become purified, and, the, and sattva being purified, an unbroken memory of the infinite one who has been known in his real nature from the scriptures will result. So it's like when the mind is, when, when the sattva quality of the mind is purified by proper knowledge, proper understanding, free from delusion and attachment and aversion, Right then, memory of the the, the, the knowledge knowledge uh, knowledge of the one is 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 held. Right, that's proper memory. In which case, then illusion, then uh, liberation can be uh, resulted. These two explanations are apparently conflicting, yet both are true and necessary. The manipulating and controlling of what may be called the finer body, that is to say, the mind, are no doubt higher functions than the controlling of the grosser body of flesh. But the controlling of the grosser is absolutely necessary to enable one to arrive at the control of the finer. So as you start with control, like we start with the body and move subtler and subtler and subtler. Right? The beginner therefore must pay particular attention to all such dietetic rules as come down from the line of accredited teachers. This is according to Sampradaya. Right? Uh, but the extravagant, meaningless fanaticism which has driven religion entirely into the kitchen, as, as may be noticed in many of our sects, without any hope of the noble truth of that religion, uh, hope that the noble truth of that religion will ever come into the sunlight of spirituality, is a particular sort of pure and simple materialism. Right? When you make religion about food, that's called materialism. Right. It's not that it's not important, but that's not religion. These are these are preliminary disciplines to religion. Right. Right. It becomes uh, it's not spirituality actually. It is neither gyan nor bhakti nor karma. It is a special kind of lunacy, and those who pin their souls to it are more likely to go to a lunatic asylum than to Brahmaloka. This is Swamiji's sense of humor. <laughs> so it stands. So, uh, so it stands to reason that discrimination in the choice of food is necessary for the attainment of this higher state of mind, which cannot easily be obtained otherwise. <clears throat> One way to understand the full extreme from control of the body and with the physical food we take and being careful in our choices like that, and pure food, uh, and then the more subtle, refined, uh, philosophical and discriminatory and, and attitude uh, refinements, Right is uh, the you have to go into really the the, the yogic interpretation uh, yogic uh, non interpretation uh, a yogic view of who we are right and so in in, in in the yogic tradition we have we're not just in a simple way you say oh we're, we're not the we always say we're not the body we have a body we're not the body and we're the soul right that's a simple way of saying it that's but if you want to yoga is based on sankhya and sankhya is based upon over analyzing everything so we can analyze what it means between the between body and soul what is the difference right but one of the ways they, they use is this, this theory or the idea of koshas or sheaths right and it's it's not we don't have sheaths right it's a way of uh, conceptualizing i try to understand our inner workings which are not distinct and easy to concentrate concentrate on right so it's as if we could describe it like this right 
Right. So, it, it, and sometimes we can think of it almost. The problem is that once you create this idea, you get visuals that are even more, um, um, you know, uh, they're helpful, but they're less and less and less accurate the more you get more exact. So we can think of it like an onion, right? <laughs> right. You have something, let's say here we are, the soul, the glorious soul, a little spark, you know, and around that there is a sheath called the Nandamaya Kosha. Right, and around that there's a sheath called the pranamaya kosha, and around that there's a sheath called the manamaya kosha. Around that there's a viganamaya kosha. Around that there's the uh, um, no, I can't get them all mixed up. But anyway, the the uh, I got them backwards. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, so that's when we. And so what does that mean? It's around the soul, the nandamaya kosha. I'm reading them in the wrong direction as well. The problem. Yeah. <laughs> around uh, around that is the, called the viganamaya kosha, which is. You could say wisdom is one way to uh, wisdom uh, sheath, right? Ananamaya Kosha is bliss, the bliss body or the bliss sheath. Around that is the wisdom or knowledge sheath. Around that is the Manamaya Kosha, which is the mental uh, sheath. Around that is Pranamaya Kosha, the uh, vital sheath that are prana and attached to the breath like that. And around that, find the final covering is Anamaya Kosha, means the food sheath. We call it so that it, it, because it's, it's made of rice, it's made of food grain right this is this body right so that's one way to think think of it as 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 you know within the physical body but it's not within it's just, it's just there's different levels of density and it's just ways of analyzing it right there's a problem it's problematic but useful uh, if we understand its limitations uh, um, we're not describing actual she uh, onion peels <laughs> we peel back the body we find the prana we peel back the prana it doesn't work that way right it's ways of describing things um so uh, uh, the um, the so food we take is is primary. What is the food we take? That's 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 the food, and so it, it creates our physical body, and so that's important, right? But yogis are when it, when it comes to careful analysis of food, physical food or other otherwise, we have to think everything we eat also has five bodies, right? This is a thing we talked about in our in our UCI class. We had a whole class on 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 the on when we went like that. That also has a five body. Just like I have my body, my physical body. Within that, I have also I have my pranic body, my my mental body, my my uh, um, wisdom body, and, and my spiritual body. I mean, if you if you were to give those uh, equivalencies, right? But everything we eat also has these five bodies, right? You know, and so what happens is that when you eat something, right? It's 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 like if like if I eat an apple, for instance. The apple, the, the flesh part of the apple, the physical part of the apple, what does it do? It feeds my f physical body, right? right. And the pranic part of the, the vitality of the apple gives you vitality, it gives you know, like that. It's, it's mental body feeds your mental body, has an effect on your mental body. You know, so that's, that's the way you can think of it like this, right? So similar to anything you did. I cannot quote a study, right? This, it may be a little bit of a sto story of a story of a story, but it's, it, it, if true, it, it, I hope it's true because it illustrates a very nice point, but I cannot quote and it's, uh, as, a, as a scientific thing. But what I heard from somebody, so you know the, 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 the authoritative source in which it comes from, what I heard from somebody. <laughs> and uh, I, heard, I remember something I heard from somebody that, that illustrates the point I want to make. So you know it's authoritative, you know. <laughs> this, is very, this is absolute truth for sure, you know. <laughs> Uh, is that they, they did uh, they they taught worms how to walk a maze, right? So I, I've heard, right? 
right? And, and by, probably by giving an electric shock or something like that, they created, and so pretty soon you put a worm in one minute and it walks the maid. You put a worm, eventually it walks the maid, right? Then, as per the story, they mush up the worms and feed it to other worms. And those worms, lo and behold, they can walk the maze. Right. I can't say like wow because it doesn't mean it's true, you know. But it may be true. Yeah. It, it, it would, if it's true, also if it's not true, it's a nice example. In the in the such and such Purana, it says so. I can do that. You know, <laughs> so the authoritative of some remembered thing, right? It's smriti, not shruti. So, uh, like the, the authority of this of this example. But bec- so that that's very that's a very simple thing, right? But that means that the, the things we're eating have an effect on the mind. Right, you know, and therefore, not universally applicable, not universally followed in all religions. But a lot of yogis are really careful of what they eat, because they don't want they, what you eat not only fi- fi- affects your physical body, but it's going to affect your mental body. So they chew things that don't have much mental body, right? Because you know, so the lower on I can't say the evolution it's not evolution on a different different uh, part of the map, right? You know, we have things that are that that have a lot of like like if like if you eat fruit for instance. Right, it has a, a, a very good physical anumaya kosha and tons of prana. It's mostly prana, right? And therefore, people on a fruit diet, what do they? They get they get really light, and you know you have the equivalent like feeling. So it, it does. It has almost no mind, right? I mean, maybe it does, but from our perspective, maybe I mean, and maybe the, the apples. You know, the rumor these apples are going to be pissed off at me for being so insens- culturally insensitive to them. <laughs> Please forgive me, but <laughs> but but. But as far as we know, there doesn't seem to be, from our perspective, much mind, right? And therefore, the effect on our mind is going to be minimal, right? Where if I eat a, I can't say higher, but you know, a more a, a form that has a high, has a more developed nervous system, and therefore a mental body, right? More maybe this is a belief, you know, I can't prove it, but this is the belief of yogis that that it will affect my mental body, and so it becomes a little bit. Like sympathetic magic, we were talking about sympathetic magic system, you know, where it because uh, uh, um, you know a, a cow is gentle, right? Or uh, or, or, or uh, um, therefore, if I do something like a cow or take it, then I become gentle. Or this is violent, therefore I eat violent animals, then I become violent. There may be something to it, but I don't. I don't think we could demonstrate that clinically, you know. But but this is the kind of general belief. Like my my guruji always says, like oh, you want to develop the qualities of something, eat what they eat. Right, that you see, but that's like you know, look at look, an elephant is intelligent and it's strong and it's gentle, and they don't they eat, they're eating grass and, and leaves, right? If you want to be ferocious and violent, then then eat food like a tiger, right? It's perhaps a little bit simplistic, right? Right, but it's this is the basic, this is a, a natural in choosing. This is how this is how a lot of food choices have been made, right? Trying to eat food that that you want a similar quality. Because they're developing that quality from the food they eat, as well as their bio, obviously biology and genetics and all that stuff may have something to do with it. Right. So, so in that case, uh, uh, that's one way to understand how subtle eating, choosing food uh, carefully, and to have the the best effect or the least effect, not even on on your consciousness. Right. And then it's another thing. One example one yogi told me that if you take a glass of water, right, and and you go on top of it. Immediately, there's a ripple. Right? Immediately happens, right? If you take a glass of honey, right? Nothing happens. Same air, same power, but no, almost no effect. No noticeable effect, right? So this is the thing that when the mind, if we're taking things that make the mind thick, 
right? We're taking something else's consciousness, something else's mental body, perhaps, and making the mind. We chant mantra, we do sadhana, right? And maybe it's 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 like blowing on honey. Honey's wonderful, right? But it's not responsive, and therefore it's one possibility. Some yogis have used this example, have 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 said like this, that uh, uh, by having a very sattvic diet, the mind is very responsive to sadhana, right? And so. A non-sattvic diet, the effect, this is independent of morality, this is independent of politics, this is independent of, 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 uh, of really, this is just this is on the effect of how it's going to affect the mind. We're talking kind of analytically, <laughs> religiously analytically, right? So, uh, uh, therefore, so they, you eat in a way that where you, you, do, you, do, you do njapa, you do meditation, and immediately reaction comes. Or you, you think of the image and dhruva smriti, and, and, and you can hold the image, you can hold the idea. Because the minds become pure sattvic, therefore you can hold the hold the idea. And so I've I've seen, and maybe this is my experience, but um, not prove. This is my observation and judgment that I've seen people who 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 um, who uh, uh, they're doing good sadhana, right? And and with a good focus, properly initiated, properly everything correct like that. And sometimes not we don't see much happening, right? And one reason you can give but you can't uh, is that you sometimes you can see sometimes the diet is not sattvic enough to have the sadhana have the, as dramatic of effect you can never say not effect because real sadhana happens at it's, it's, it's a soul vibration the soul's pure and perfect as itself as itself right these are just we're just talking external things we're talking external things right right <clears throat> but but swamiji you can see swamiji was uh, he has to admit that it's important Right, but he spends most of his time in other places also smashing the idea that it's all important. It's not all important, right? You know, the, the, uh, your sincerity, your practice, your devotion. You know, this is what's important. For that, we also so some external things. One of the things Ramuji points out is, is a, a purity of diet. That's one of the, it's one of the things that can be important. Purity seems to be purifying is to be important. Right. So it's some some ideas are are, are there. Ramuji continues. What time is it? Okay, I'll do a few more minutes here. Controlling the passions is the next thing to be attended to. To restrain the indriyas or organs from going towards the objects of the senses, to control them and bring them under the guidance of the will is a very essential virtue in religious culture. So the next, the next point is controlling passion is not, once again, this is not a, a, he's not speaking from a, from a Christian perspective, right? It's not, it's, it's, it's his, it's his analyzing, the external, ex, the outward going nature of the mind, the grabbing, externally grabbing nature of the mind is called passion in this in this sense, right? So to withstrain the senses or the outgoing tenet, what's that called in yoga? Anybody know? From you? Patanjali? Now that's that's the goal of complete cessation. To, be, to get there is uh, pratyahara, right? The, the control and withdrawal of the, of, of the senses, of the mind, of the mind attached to the outgoing senses, right? This is actually very hard. It's easier. That's, that's the thing is why religion focuses so much on food, right? Because that's easy, right? To make a rule and, and choose diet, and, and, and that's not that easy. You know, we struggle, we will struggle our life with this type of thing, right? But to control the outgoing tend of the mind, it's so much harder, right? You know, that's the thing. External, external purity is difficult enough, but it's so much easier than internal purity, right? You know? 
you know, uh, 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 being doing good things morally externally is easy, comparatively. It still has repercussions. Not easy to always make good moral choices, right? But to be actually a good person is hard, right? To not to be to be nonviolent externally is relatively easy. To not have any anger, judgment, hate in the heart is much harder. That's harder, right? And so because we want the high things, so we 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 overemphasize what we're good at, right? We can we we're good at the rules, maybe you know. And and it's simple, like, but the thing is, if, if if your religion is based on food, if your religion is based upon external behavior, right, then people who who are critical, who are resentful, people become critical and resentful of religion, and they have and, and they can attack it. Is this kitchen religion? Religion is only what you eat, isn't it the higher thing? You know, you can be dismissed also. So you can see we you have to understand everything. You have to understand the real principle and then the things that help lead. These these things are are very helpful. Right, the way we sometimes word it, in which basically Swamiji says the same thing, uh, is that these things are not all important, right? But they're not unimportant, right? They're, they're, the best we can, we try to, we try, we make the best choices. They have an effect on it. We can see. We, you know, I can, I can say I eat heavy. I mean, it's a simple thing. I, I eat a bunch. I eat a really heavy meal and try to meditate. I'm not going to meditate well, right? It's not, it's not a mystical thing. It's a very practical thing, right? But my meditation shouldn't be entire. I mean, it's it's not what I eat that makes my meditation, but I can, you can see it has an effect. It is important, but not all important. So it's, that's the point. So, uh, uh, uh. then comes the practice of self-restraint and self-denial. This, the immense possibility of divine realization in the soul, cannot be actualized without struggle and without such practices on the part of the aspiring devotee. The mind must always think of the Lord. This is the instruction in quotes. It is very hard at first to compel the mind to think of the Lord always. But with every new effort, the power to do so grows stronger in us. Right? This is, so if we, it, we're told, meditate on God, think of God, it's not easy. Right? But it's not impossible. Swami is going to quote uh, Krishna in the Gita. Arjuna says, it's impossible. That's his thing. Krishna tells Arjuna... You can, I, mean, I may be skipping from, from chapter to chapter, but the best is think, meditate on me, right? Uh, think of me all the time, right? Uh, control the mind and think of me. Withdraw the mind from the external. Basically, these are you know, like a, examples of a tortoise withdrawing limbs and all these type of examples that are given, right? And Arjuna's natural response, a very good response, is that seems impossible, right? He says it's impossible to control the mind is like controlling the, controlling the wind. And the image, I remember seeing a little drawing of that, a little handout book at the Kumamela or something, you know, illustrated favorite Gita verses for redistribution, right? It has this, you know, this blazing, raging storm, this little guy going, stop! You know, it's like, I mean, it's impossible. That's like, a, but the Krishna's response is actually, it's not impossible. It is possible by regular practice and renunciation or detachment. I practice renunciation. So it's, it's, it's not impossible, but it is difficult. You know, it's not as difficult as Krishna. Maybe it's more difficult to show in the wind. I don't know. Maybe... Uh, uh, but it's not impossible. By practice, O son of Kunti, and by non-attachment is yoga attained, says Sri Krishna in the Gita. And then, then as to sacrificial work, it is understood that the five great sacrifices have to be performed as usual. So um, this is, maybe here we'll probably st maybe stop. But uh, So he's describing, these are all things... Um, remember the opening thing that, our, that Ramanu just said, it's by purity, by discrimination... Um, uh, Bhakti comes to discrimination, control of passions, practice, sacrificial work, purity. So he's going, what sacrificial work mean? Sacrificial work, of course, we do yajyas, 
you know, swaha, that's sacrifice, right? But sacrificial work is understood by Ramanuja and, and, and the background of all this is called Panchayagya, the five sacrifices. So we have, by nature, response, we, we are born with debts, right? That's the thing. And so uh, sacrifice, sac the system of sacrifice is a way to um, clear our debts. What of our debts? We have debts to our ancestors and our family. They give us our, they literally give us our body. They give us our culture. They give us our lineage, our traditions, right? It's not only our family and parents, but our ancestors' answers. You know, that we're, we're not, we wouldn't have parents without their parents, and not their parents without their parents, right? So ancestral traditions are important, ancestral respect is important. And not only the family, but also our, I mean, I know how to read because I was taught and sent to school. I can, I can use a fork that my mom taught me. We know how to go to the bathroom because somebody taught us. You know, everything we, so, so we, we uh, they do it selflessly, but still we're, we have respond, we have a, a debt to them. And that's called um, Pitriyagya, right? Uh, the uh, sacrifice to our ancestors or to our family, right? And so in different cultures, that will mean different things. Some cultures are, have extreme obedience to parents. Others are, have rituals for the ancestors. There's all kinds of ways that our cult, our Ours may be, you know, t you know, taking them out to dinner on their birthday or something, but you know, we, we don't have we don't have a very big pitriyagya uh, in our culture, right? So maybe we have we're, we or we haven't paid off our debts properly, perhaps, right? So that's one of the it's one of the yagyas. So Ramud is saying for bhakti, the the yagyas have to be done, or accomplished. These have to be done. So the other one is we get for, we have our body from our family, we have nature in this world from the gods, from the devas, right? We rain, we get food. Right, uh, sun, the moon, wind, rain, food. This is from the, you know, the uh, sacred way of looking at, uh, at, the, at the realities of nature, the gods, and there's a relation between the gods and, and man. The gods give and we give back through yagya. Right, and so this is, and, and so part of yagya is giving, because recognizing that we're getting from the gods. We're getting rain and sun and, and wind and water from the gods. So we, we pay them back by yagya. And so if you go to the store and, and, and grab, you know, like I want some orange juice, go to the store and grab some orange juice and walk out. It's a, you, know, it's a, 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 you know, you can't just walk out. If you just walk out without paying for the orange juice, you, you're, you're stealing, right? Because somebody, I mean, whatever, it, you know, it's like maybe the guy at the counter, but I mean, people raise the trees, they had the machinery, they squeezed the thing, they shipped it, you know, it's like, there's a whole system, you know, perhaps it's not, a, maybe it's not an equitable system, maybe they're overcharging, right, but still, you have to pay something, right, that's the thing, so similarly, for this use of this world, we, we, we're responsible, Krishna says in the Gita, that be, uh, between the gods and humans mutually satisfying each other, right, through this, through this, through the, uh, the cycle, uh, the, uh, this, the circle of yagya, let this be your cow plenty, Krishna says in the third chapter of the Gita, Right. This is what. This is how it's, we're supposed to live happily and prosperous in this world. Everything we get, we also give back through yagya. Also, so that's the second uh, yagya. Third, uh, not a yagya. Uh, this is uh, uh, to other humans. Right. You know, we've said this like like you know it's like. You know, of course, one thing like we have a beautiful temple because the devotees have helped pay for it, something like that. But also, like we're getting electricity because somebody built. There's an electric plant someplace, right? So we, I mean, we're so dependent on other humans, not just an obvious way. Like right now, you, you like if 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 they stop uh, uh, purifying our water, right? In in a few days, all of us would be sick, right? In a few weeks, many mo half of us would have died, 
we don't have pure water to drink. You know, it's like so. It's like we forget like this. You know, so so it's required. So we we have we're we're dependent on other humans, and therefore uh, Nara Yoga is of helping other humans. Not only properly paying for goods and services. That's one level of it, but also I mean, uh, we're getting more than we pay for, for sure. And therefore we've been given much mercy, right? Therefore we should also be merciful and doing chair and giving charity like that. Then there's um I think it's called Buddha Yagya perhaps. I may be forgetting. It's bad. I wasn't prepared for this section um, that is from other animals right you know if, as, as I say if the bees di- if the bees die a lot of what we know changes right if ants die we all die humans cannot survive in a world without ants you know so we're very dependent on so many other species you know not on your at a very deep deep ecology level you know and, uh, and therefore you see in, in India you have many people I, I don't do it because I'm, I'm not habituated but I've seen many sadhus, and not only sadhus, a lot of old traditional families. When they get a plate of food, the first thing they do, they take some, you've probably seen, you take a little bowl of rice, and you make a little ball of it, and they put it aside. And later, they, after their meal, they take that, and they take it outside, and they put it, and they give it to some, um, some, some ants or some birds. Right? A little bit of their food, literally from their plate, gets taken and given to, to other animals. Right, so that's that's a type of that's a very it's a beautiful thing. It's a it's a and then, and then you people they have goshalas and you know the you know there's all kinds of things you know, um, to take care of sick animals and there's, there's different types of charities that can be done or little old ladies who are giving I've seen in Allahabad like that they're they're feeding sugar candy to near anthills, right? It's very beautiful, right? You can see I mean religion shouldn't degenerate into feeding. You know, let the people starve, but we're, but the ants are going to be well fed. You know, that's the problem. You can you have, balance has to be there. It can be anything can become silly, right? Or or sinful or evil <laughs> within a few within a few a few steps. You know, but this is the idea behind like that. And then there's Rishi Yagya, that because we're getting this knowledge from the Rishis, ancient Rishis, and so we we our Yagya to them is to study the scriptures, study the sacred knowledge that they've given us, right? Uh, 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 and to um, uh, practice the scriptures, and also to share the scriptures. So very merit. So you'll see in any auspicious thing, people are handing out little gitas to people. You probably see, you go to a religious occasion. Somebody you know somebody dies uh, at a funeral, something like that, and then they give everybody who goes gets a gita or and a little and a little pocket um, uh, Hanuman Chalisa. So, 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 you know, these are common. These are called called gyan yagya or gyan dan. This is a distribution of knowledge. Which is part of the Rishi. Um, they're here in this footnote. Deva Yagna, the gods. Brahma Yagna, this is the Rishis. Uh, Priti Yagna, the uh, uh, ancestors. Niryagna, uh, the feeding of the hungry of people. And Bhut Yagna, feeding of lower animals. Right. The, the performance of this in the footnote, the performance of these five daily sacrifices or duties spiritualize, spiritualize life and establishes concord and harmony between the living and the dead, as well as between the su- superhuman, human, and subhuman worlds, between the devas, us, and the, and the animals. The selfish life is transformed into an unselfish one. The individual becomes aware of the interdependence of beings. Actually, there's a there's, uh, uh, there's also living itself causes pain. Every breath it causes pain. We are committing violence with every breath. To drive to mothers to get to get a, a, a vegan ice cream, you kill so many things. 
Right. You know, that's true. I mean, I, it's like, I know I can't eat this. This has eggs in it. And I have to go to the store. And like, but how many things I've killed to go to the store to get something without eggs in it? Right. You know, even saying this has eggs in it. I've killed so many things. Right. You know, the very, very breathing cause. So there, and this is a very, when people who are, if you're analyzing, let's analyze, right. This is, a, this is, this is a, the thing. Um, uh, there's, uh, it mentioned in the scripture that says, uh, 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 the five types, fivefold killing automatically. That is from the pestle and mortar, the grinding stone, the oven, the water jar, and the broom. Right? All these five, all these places, you drink a glass of water, you're killing things. Oh no, we'll filter it. What's filtering it? You're killing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, filtering means killing things. <laughs> you know, like it's, like it's like, if you think about it, there's no way around it, right? But so we try to be nonviolent, we try to live a nonviolent life and make proper choices. Uh, but in spite of even all that, it's still, so the, the pancha yoga is supposed to be also a way to overcome the, the natural uh, karma of the, uh, of the karma of living from the five sources. Uh, and in the Gita, that's what this verse, in the very famous verse in the Gita, which I love and it's often quoted, uh, it says that uh, one who doesn't, um, doesn't uh, offer his food or doesn't offer food and sacrifice, <laughs> To the gods, right? Uh, it says that that person is a sinner. Poppy, I think, I think it uses the word like Mr. Sin, right? It's sin, right? No, no. That person is a thief. I remember it now, right? That person is a thief because you're taking without giving. You're, you're not paying. Therefore, we do, by sacrifice means it's panchyagya. Right? It's not just offering food like this. This is part of it. This is the Deva Yagya part of it. Offering food to God and to the source of everything. Right? But offering food... We, so it's not just eating and by offering our food at home on a shrine. Takwar, please take this food and do a and take it. That's very wonderful. Right? But it's offering... That also food is at the five levels, not just, not just one. Right? And then it says, that person eats actually a plate of sin. This is what the Gita, Krishna says in the Gita. Right? And so, uh, but, but, but it says, after, make, after offering, then you can enjoy, right? So first, so what we do, you know, we, 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 we buy what we, we make, what we like to eat, and we offer it in the shrine out of devotion, and then we eat it, right? So that's good. It's, it's, an, it's a devotional um, act, right? It's a very, not only devotional, it's the highest devotional act, you can say, right? Everything, Krishna says, all that you do, all that you eat, all that you offer and give away, all austerity you perform, do that, O son of Kunti, is an offering to me. Yat karoshi, yat, you know, this verse, right? Uh, so that's very, that's, that's, that's the highest instructions of Krishna, almost a second to the second highest instruction of Krishna. Only instruction after that is just completely surrender to me. You know, that's the next step, right? But everything we do should be including like that. But that's not exactly panchyagya. Really, because we take it and then we're eating it. Swami Chaitanya made that joke the other day, when last time he gave a talk here. He said somebody was on a boat, and the book was about to capsize in a storm. And he prayed, Lord, if you save my life, I'll give you, I'll make a hundred dollar offering to you. Right? <laughs> it's a great story, right? And he was saved miraculously. Right? So then uh, at, at, when he got off the boat, he goes, oh, I have to make my offering. So he takes the hundred dollar bill. Lord, here's your hundred dollars. He this. Thank you for the prashadam. Get back and go. <laughs> That's kind of what we do when we, when we offer it. <laughs> That's not really what's meant by panchyagya. That, but a real devotional offering like that is covers everything Krishna says, right? But it uh, means that you, once you do your, once you do everything, once you've once you've done your duties to the gods, to your family, to society, to nature, right? To to the to to religion, right? Then what you have left is prashad, 
that's what's left over of a sacrifice. It's different. It's not the thing you offer. If you put things in the fire, people put, much, put, nicer, put better food on the altar than in the fire because the fire, gets, the fire eats it. On the altar, we eat it, the prashat, right? But if, if from our money, from our hard work we do, which involves karma and sin and violence and selfishness, any, any money we make is going to be like that. We offer, we use that money, and we, and we satisfy the five, the five uh, sacrifices. What's left is pure and purifying. Right? That's the real meaning. That's the, that's the immediate meaning of this verse in the Gita. Right? You know, that we, we, live, we live a life, of, we do our charity, and what's left, we, that's pure. It's been purified of the sin of the, of, of, of the violence, of these five forms of violence, four forms of violence. Right? By practice of Sanukunti and by non-attachment as yoga attains, uh, uh, and then as the sacrificial work or yagya, it is understood that the five great sacrifices, Pacha Yagna, have the have to be performed as usual. So next we'll end because it's time. Uh, next week, God willing, we'll uh, top. We'll pick up where we left off here, uh, and it could be on on purity. And just like food is external, internal. And sacrifice internal, so purity is also external internal. It's easier to be clean than to be pure, <laughs> right? But it's also true that being clean helps develop purity for sure, right? But so it's like it's both external cleanliness, but then the internal purification of lust and greed and avarice and 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 and, and jealousy and all those those type of things will be somebody will talk about like that. And it'll go into and then strength. These type of things are developing. Now, one thing is like, uh, bhakti is just an attitude of heart. Right? Anybody can have bhakti without doing any yoga like that. But this is not. This is a. This is a talk on bhakti yoga. This is people yogis who are consciously practitioners, not just people with great natural devotion and faith. Pious people. Sometimes pious people are way more impressive than yogis. Right? Yogis make a drama out of everything. Right? Because we're struggling. We're aspirants. Right? We're you know, sadaks and yogis, and you know, like these are these are, these are a very big thing. And sometimes, you know, it's like to me when I my people that I look as my heroes are people that aren't yogis. They're just like they have faith. <laughs> they actually have love for God. I mean, they, maybe what the scriptures say that they they were yogis in the past life, right? So hopefully, if we practice properly in this life or in a future life, we could be have natural faith and devotion, you know. But until then, we can struggle really hard and. and and first, struggle to impress people that how devoted we are, and then slowly purify that, and struggle to, <laughs> then try to struggle to impress God and how so He knows how, how devoted we are, and then hopefully go beyond that, <laughs> and actually and actually then just have natural devotion, you know. But anyway, step by step, <laughs> from one step to another. Thank you for your kind attention. Are there any comments? Good talk for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a true statement. An attitude of gratitude itself is that purif- That almost purifies. Actually, even a quick moment on, on what Sri Holy Mother said, right? Uh, um, somebody, was, one of her disciples, was worked at a hospital, right? And in this doesn't make sense here. We have a we have a different set of what what's pure and impure. But in the Brahminical culture of of 150 years ago in Calcutta, in Bengal. Right, uh, hospital maybe thank God for hospitals, right? But they're impure places because they have body fluids, right? And, you know, these blood, body fluids. These, so these are are ritually very impure. When you go to and has death, birth, death, and body fluids. These are the three ritually impurifying things in Vedic culture, right? And in, in, in our Orthodox uh, Brahminical culture, right? And so you, you go to a hospital, you come home, take a bath, 
because you're not noticing, but the environment is, you can feel it sometimes, you know, but it, they really hold it. And so yogis and strict devotees or Brahmins would never eat at a hospital, right? The food, the, not only, like, but the person told the Holy Mother, I have something to admit. I, can, I, can I tell you what my problem is? He says, I work at a hospital, right? And, and sometimes I, uh, um, I, I need to eat there. Not only that, I actually do eat there. I eat my food there. Right. It's not even like what he's eating because Holy Mother and Bengal is a different standard of well, what's pure food or not. You know what's acceptable food, food compared to other parts of India. Right. It's not like vegetarian obviously. It's where he's eat, where he's eating. Right. And Holy Mother said, "Don't worry. Right. Just pray. Remember the Master, and know that everything is coming from Him, and the food will not will not harm your spiritual life. So that's a, a gratitude itself, a very purifying that purifies everything." A proper attitude towards food. We go like what Shankaracharya says: like your attitude, if you understand everything, in the in the um, Mahanirvana Tantra, right? Shiva says to Mother Durga, Mother Parvati, right? Uh, he quotes the Bhagavad Gita. There's a verse in the Bhagavad Gita. We know it: Brahmar Panam Brahmahavir Brahmagno Brahmanahutam Brahmaevatena Gantam Brahmakar Masamarina, right? And it says Brahman is Brahma karma, Brahma arpanam, Brahma havir. Brahman is the offering. Brahman is a ritual of offering. This is it's used in the example of the fire sacrifice, right? Brahman is the ghee. It's the act of giving. You know, it's the it's the whole thing. One who sees every all Brahman and Brahma karma, one who sees and all, then Brahma karma samadhi. Then he that person is in samadhi. Samadhi is seeing Brahman in all actions, right? And so we take it. Why do we take? It's become a food prayer. By many people in the Vedantic tradition, they go and we will do it to purify their food, right? Because what it's doing, because they're thinking they're going to eat it. So Brahman is the food, whatever the food is, right? Pure and pure, like it's it's the attitude with food. Putting it in the mouth, eating is sacred. The food is sacred. Eating it is sacred, right? You know, it's like everything, ev- everything about it is sacred. If we think about it properly, then we can see it. Then they won't that that won't. So in the Shiva quotes this verse and says, "One who chants this verse at the beginning before eating, this um." And he says, "If thinking, and we have a, we have our view of what's pure and impure by our standards and our tradition and our temperament, right, and culture. But in Vedic times, or the time when, or in in the world where that verse would have been composed, the the most impure thing imaginable is like dog meat, right? You know, like, like you can't imagine it's like the lowest animal by that standard, not by our standards. Our dogs are." Better, think they have better culture than we do usually <laughs> in, our, in our culture, right? But by that standard, right? Or, um, uh, or fu- uh, he says, even food, food that comes from the mouth, meat that comes from the mouth of a dog. This is like trying to trying to use every imaginable thing to be impure, right? Becomes perfectly pure with this mantra. It doesn't mean we should eat dog. We should eat meat that comes from the mouth, but we should we should buy low quality cheap meat and feed it to our dogs and pull it out of his mouth and eat it. And <laughs> not that, right? But the attitude. The thing is, the attitude. If we have the proper attitude, it's not. I don't think the mantra makes it pure. Thinking that way makes it pure, right? Because then the sattva quality is not disturbed, right? The mind becomes sattvic. That becomes pure, purely taken in, right? For proper understanding, the mind becomes pure. Then we can think that we're remembering God, and then all the all the. Uh, Sarva grantina nam vipra mukta. Then we become liberated from all our bondages. So, okay, with that we'll leave it. It's a good story. Place to end. Jai Ma. Okay, one minute twenty-three seconds. Twenty-three minutes. Okay, stop. Stop or record or pause. Probably stop. Right.